0: What's going on, family? Happy Thursday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're having a great day, and I hope that all is well in your world. I have to tell you, there is so much happening in the world of pro wrestling, and I'm going to get into it, I promise you. But as always, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction, whether you're joining us on spotify or apple or google thank you so much or if you are one of those who are connected to us via social media thank you so much you can follow us at the faction show and if you're doing both you are amazing may there be a jewel added to your crown for sure hey thank you to all of you who join us on wwt live on twitch twitch.tv slash wwtalkpod. You can check us there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday where we're giving you up to the minute news in the world of pro wrestling. It's really a fun show. You get to chat with us and interact. It's just absolutely awesome. So join us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash wwtalkpod every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, so there's a couple of spaces I wanna hop into. As we dig into today's show, I'm going to start with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, we have not had a New Japan update in a minute. And part of that is because the G1 Climax Tournament has been going on all month long in New Japan. If you're unfamiliar, this particular tournament is really the best of the best, dare I say. When I say the best of the best, I mean this tournament is nearly a month long it's normally two blocks of 20 wrestlers in total battling each other in round robin style to ultimately get us to two finalists the winner gets an automatic bid for the iwgp world heavyweight championship in the main event of wrestle kingdom So, with that said, I want to tell you about what happened with the G1 Climax tournament, which happened today here in the States. Of course, it's evening time in Japan. Here's the big piece of news the big piece of news is that the winner of the G1 Climax 32 is Kazuchika Okada as he defeats Will Ospreay in an absolute classic. I'm telling you, those two never miss. And I really was hoping and I really thought that Osprey would win it. But Okada wins it. Over 30 minutes they went. This is the second consecutive G1 Climax win for Kazuchika Okada. It is his fourth in his career which is significant the only one who's done more is masahiro chono with five g1 climax wins so this puts okada in the main event of wrestle kingdom and we found out that this year's wrestle kingdom will return to a one day event now this is really significant okay so let's go back in time because it was about three years ago matter of fact it was 2020 when new japan decided to take wrestle kingdom to a two-day event it was really something very special and it was super notable because it happened right before the pandemic and shortly after that happened wwe made the decision to take wrestlemania to two days now one of the reasons why it went to two days is because wrestle kingdom which is the equivalent to wrestlemania in new japan wrestle kingdom was going to like six hours long much like wrestlemania was super long and they decided they could do better by splitting it up over two days now nobody knew of course that march of 2020 the pandemic would hit but then we got to 2021 again it was two days 2022 was technically three days for wrestle kingdom the fourth and the fifth and then on the 8th was a special New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah Element to Wrestle Kingdom. Absolutely special. Absolutely wonderful. So moving it to a one-day event in 2023, I feel like there's a lot behind that. And I could speculate, and maybe I will. I will say a couple of things. For one, in Japan, COVID is still doing what it does. Uh, You will find that most of the audience members there are masked. Most of the arenas are not yet full as was the case for the G1 Climax Tournament Final. So there's that. I don't think it's a reflection of a loss of popularity for New Japan. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's their attempt to try to be safe. And so that's what I'm going to go with. Now, naturally, I'm going to dig to find out some more reasonings for it. But Wrestle Kingdom being a one-night event is pretty significant. It's going to happen January the 4th. One of the other big pieces of news coming out of the G1 Climax is New Japan's return to New York City. It's an event coming on October the 28th. It's called Rumble on 44th Street. It's happening at the Palladium in Times Square. This is going to be something special. And so, Tickets will go on sale on August the 25th at 10 a.m. Eastern, and you can sign up for an exclusive pre-sale on August the 22nd by going to njpw1972.com. It's going to be special. In fact, they're kind enough to tell you all of the prices for the seats the prices range from $40 to sit in the balcony to $350 for ringside tickets so that should be something incredible again New Japan Pro Wrestling heads to New York City the Rumble on 44th Street Palladium Times Square October the 28th which happens to be the day before my birthday so that should be pretty amazing and definitely check it out Rumble on 44th Street which Which by the way will also include the US debut and pay-per-view debut for Stardom with New Japan. This is going to be something very, very special. So I'm looking forward to seeing what will happen with this and uh, we'll keep you posted on all developments connected to the Rumble on 44th Street from New Japan as New Japan makes its return. To New York City So that's what happened in New Japan Pro Wrestling Big, big things happening there We're going to take a quick break When we come back, we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite Because Dynamite was pretty explosive And also pretty telling I'll tell you all about that when we come back They need each other to survive if they're going to make it to the end. They're going to have to work together and not against each other. Somebody call his mama GB. It's the cat. Ernest Miller. The three-time world karate champion. Unbelievable. And this right here. Look at An insane ending to a wild night here at the fourth annual Rumblejack. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy because at the end of the day, Wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. They were starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like? I'm going to do that. I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen? To the idea? And we're going to pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights Lights are going going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here and there is a U, there will always be an S H W. AEW Dynamite took place last night, and it was a very intriguing show taking place from West Virginia. Now, there will be some potential spoilers that I'm going to give you, so if you've not watched the show or you don't want spoilers, by all means, you can press pause on this podcast. If you're not worried about it or you've already watched, then keep listening. Thank you for continuing to listen. And so with that said, let's talk a bit about some takeaways from AEW Dynamite. The first takeaway that hit me that I thought was a major win is that this particular show was centered around the theme of House of Dragons. House of Dragons, the new prequel for Game of Thrones that will be premiering on HBO Max this Sunday. The fact that this partnership happened with AEW is amazing. Now, of course, AEW, part of that Warner, HBO family, that is exciting news, but of course, it did not necessarily mean that it would turn into that kind of a partnership. So the fact that they had an entire show centered around it with previews etc etc major win for aew shout out to them now then a couple of things that we saw the show started off with a promo exchange between cm punk and john moxley spicy.com okay one thing aew has found its niche in is in the work of promos particularly edgy spicy hitting at home, almost crossing the line kind of promos. They managed to do that very, very well. And so with that said, CM Punk is a master on the mic. He cut another killer promo, which just kind of left you going, oh, snap. And so I think we all were aware that there was going to be a title unification match at All Out, considering CM Punk's return to Dynamite last week. Instead, these two get to battling. They go blow for blow. And before the night is out, we hear that the title unification match that's set to happen at all out is going to happen next week on Dynamite. I'm coming back to that point in a minute. One of the other big pieces of news, and there were some other news that happened, but one of the other big pieces of news happened toward the end of the show as the Young Bucks had a mystery tag team partner in their quest for the AEW Trios Championship Tournament. They battled Andrade El Idolo, Roosh, and Dragon Lee, a marquee match that sees the mystery tag team partner as the returning Kenny Omega, who we have not seen in a wrestling ring in almost 300 days. So with that said, there were a couple of things that I noticed immediately. For one, it seemed as though Omega still had a brace on. Two, Omega had a compression shirt on, which then made me wonder, did they rush Kenny Omega's return to the ring? And I asked that. Because in the ring, you did not see the normal, crisp Kenny Omega that you would. Granted, he's been out for almost 300 days. But on top of that, he looked winded. He looked hurt. He looked a step slow. And it made me wonder, did they rush this return? Now then, let's couple that fact with now we get the world title match that was scheduled for All Out. Now happening at Dynamite. And it leads me to this assertion and conclusion. Don't be mistaken, AEW is feeling the pressure. Now what do I mean by that? Now I have long been an advocate obviously for AEW and I continue to be an advocate for AEW. As history has proven, there needs to be multiple places to work in the wrestling business for everybody to be able to eat. Competition makes everybody better but we have not seen AEW's backs against the wall in a long time. Think about this. The two most significant world champions in their history returned within a week of each other, and those things happened just barely three weeks after Triple H takes over creative at WWE. Coincidence? I think not. Coincidence that they would move the world title match from All Out to Dynamite? Not a coincidence at all. It's showing me, for one, that they seem to be paying more attention to the ratings than pay-per-view buys. And so when you take a marquee match that should be a main event world title match and you put it on free television, it tells me that you're thinking something a little bit different. And so this, to me, reeks of WCW 1998 When three days before the match was announced, we hear that Hulk Hogan will be defending the World Championship against Goldberg in an attempt to A, put 40,000 people in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, and B, win a ratings war back in July of 1998. Now, here's where I think this is problematic. This is a major pay-per-view match that people will absolutely buy. We've been wanting to see it for quite some time. There's obviously bad blood there. On top of that, think about the buy rate that happened for Forbidden Door, which from what I hear was one of the best buy rates for AEW of all time. Then the success of the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And so why not take this to a space where you can make more money off of it? Put it as a high-demand match, which it is that you can only watch on pay-per-view. So it makes me feel like perhaps AEW is feeling a bit nervous by making this title match happen so soon. There was still a couple of weeks for buildup of this. That would make sense. If they turn a swerve on us next week, that won't be a good move either. I don't know what this does for the main event of All Out. I have no idea. I do feel like though, this does increase the chances of John Moxley actually becoming the unified champion. My good buddy Russell Mex uh, over at wrestlemaniac.uk, my good brother from the UK, put out a post on the socials earlier this week asking who we thought would win the title unification match. My thought is Moxley deserves to win, but Punk losing in Chicago probably won't happen. So that means, potentially, we could have a couple of scenarios. We could have CM Punk beat Moxley, and then they figure out who the challenger is at All Out. Or you could have Moxley win the title next week, and then have a rematch happen at All Out with Punk winning in Chicago. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just... Don't like the fact that this match is being rushed and that we're getting it next week instead of on pay-per-view. But what are your thoughts on AEW, the returns of CM Punk and Kenny Omega, and this world title match now being moved to Dynamite? Let me know your thoughts on the socials at the faction show remember tonight 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 is the premiere of battle slam the takeover it's free on fight tv i'm on commentary along with my good brother suge d it's going to be an amazing show headlined by the main event the singles debut of little scrappy taking on baron black i promise you You will not be disappointed. You'll want to check this out as it all goes down tonight on Fight TV, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Live tweet, hit us up on the socials. I definitely want to hear your thoughts on tonight's event and our commentary work as well. Until next time, family, representing for the Good Brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. Yeah.